What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Over the Top Podcast World Cup Edition. The group stages are nearly done. We're shedding our Premier League skin, Justin, for something a little bit different. And honestly, this is perfect timing because we have something to get excited about after today's results. Talk to me, man. USA, baby. Holy shit. Did they, did they, uh, wow. They leave it to the last second. I mean, I could, my heart could not have been pounding more heavily than at the end of the Iran versus USA game. I mean, nine minutes of stoppage time each minute felt like nine minutes by itself so it was just it was a roller coaster of emotions iran nearly equalized they tried this bogus penalty claim at the end oh yeah what a game but as we sit here usa qualify and i would say achieve their goal of finishing second in the group and getting out to the knockout rounds Definitely. And a lot, a lot has been made of some of the uh, team selections, a little bit of the performances, mostly against the Wales game in the end of this one. I mean, they, they did not make life easy for themselves in this, in this Iran game, but say what you want, Justin, but I've been pretty reasonably impressed. And I think this U S team, the U S fans have a lot to be proud of for for this team, you know, you said they've already achieved their goal. I think we can already consider this World Cup a success already, no matter what happens in the next round. And uh, say whisper quietly, but we've conceded one goal. And it was what? a penalty, a cheese-ass penalty that we should have never given up in the first place. It was foolish to make that foul. And so if you think about a big picture, I mean, sure, it's not the toughest group on earth, but... I'll take, I'll, I'll snap your hands off for that any day of the week. Yeah. Five points, no losses. No, as you said, no goals conceded via open play. I mean, if you told that to me going into the world cup, I would have taken that in a second, five points. Like, Oh, great. We tie England. We right. ran around the, you know, I would have taken I'm like that with in a Zimmerman and Aaron long. Really? We didn't concede anything. Wow. I'm <sighs> shocked. But obviously things didn't really pan out that way with the team sheet for Good reason. And Good reason. We're happy, yeah, we're happy with the team for the well, for the most part with Greg Berhalter. We'll, we'll get into the players. So, getting more high level to the second before I zoom back into the USA. Yeah, I yeah. think just for this episode, we're going to really deep dive deep dive into the USA. What's going well? What hasn't gone well? And just what do we want to see versus the Netherlands? Uh, and then we'll just get into our groups, high level thoughts. What are, what's happened in the group? Um, what stood out to us about some of the teams in each group? And then. For most of the groups remaining, so Group C and D that finish tomorrow. So your this podcast releases tomorrow, you know, tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning. So some of those thoughts will be irrelevant. But for those games going forward, we'll say who's finishing first and second, and then get into our group of sixteen predictions as well. Our revised predictions. So some of our initial ones aren't right, Mm-mm. but I will say we did call some of the disappointments. Anyway, we'll get there. Back to the USA. Uh, so let's get in. So 1-1 versus Wales, as you said. 0-0 versus England. 1-0 versus Iran. And each of those three games, minus the first 15 minutes against England, USA has come out on fire. Mm-hmm. On fire. Like, I don't, I haven't seen, I don't think, a more entertaining, compelling USA team than the first halves of all three of these games. Yeah, sure. And I I think uh, many a first time viewer of the the US and, and I'm not like criticize. I'm not going to criticize anyone for being new to the game. If anything, we're like, yes, please come watch the US. Come I think Ted many, Lasso, brethren. 
Right. Like, come one, come all. Like, after watching your NFL game, why not? Because Fox Sports just continues to insist on advertising NFL games. is pissing me off, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people look at the scores, you know, 1-1, 0-0, 1-0. can you say this team has been entertaining? Yeah. Okay, sure, we lack goals, but the... I would say this has this U.S. team, no matter how young it is, it is one of the youngest teams of the World Cup, by the way. I think we had the youngest starting lineup against second youngest. against. Uh, no, no. Iran. Second. Yes. We have the second youngest team, youngest starting lineup against Iran. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So sure, that doesn't bear out in terms of goals and like, I guess that X factor, but the general play and some of the tricks and flicks and general nice play chances created i mean the u.s are pretty good watch uh one might even say no i was gonna say like better to watch in england but i think that's kind of crazy to say let's be because england have been like reasonably uh good to watch and and i i would say um impressive but that midfield of the U.S., especially with their captain tyler adams mm. uh from leeds united um, which is a classic Premier League team. Obviously, we talk about the pot often. Weston McKinney with Juventus. He's out in Juventus for a reason. First game, he looks not fully fit, but man, right. he has been dominating the last two games. And yep. then probably a player that I knew, but I'm taking a much closer look at now that I've seen him a lot more, Eunice Musa. Man, the guy just like oozes quality. The fact that he plays for the U.S. just kind of blows my mind because he's got the British accent and everything, and um, there are many of those on the couple of those on the team. But right. I'm having a great time watching this U.S. team, no matter the struggles up top, which are frustrating. We'll get to that. Absolutely. I mean, you said the just to backtrack for a second. You said the better watch than England. Certainly better in that game versus yeah. England. No question. Yeah. England were off of it. I mean, you can attribute that to multiple things, but right. especially to your point, this midfield. I mean, young, energetic. I mean, Tyler Adams. He's not the most saucy player. He's not the most sexy player. But holy crap, is he the most important player on this he's team? Definitely the most important player to us on the U.S. Easy. Breaking up tackles, workhorse, running. You know, Serginho Dest out of position, making fifty-yard runs to cover his position and tackle it out for a throw. And I mean, just so many important tackles and interceptions and last-ditch things, or you know, little you know, sexy turn to get it out of play and to link it up to out wide. I just, it's I mean, the to simple weigh things with, with Tyler Adams, he does the simple things. Extremely so well. well, exceptional, I would yeah. say. And so there's no, I mean, yeah, very, very rarely, like less than 5% of the time does he mess something up like that. So it's like, it's for just, example, in the last Leeds game before the world cup, I was shocked. He got a red card against Spurs shocked. Because he just does not make those mistakes, even though it was like a tactical foul, but still like that is very, very rare from Tyler Adams. And I think he's shown himself to be a big game player on the Mm -hmm. big stage. Yeah. So he's been impressive. Like you said, Echo, I have nothing to add with McKinney. I mean, just that ball that he had to desk today. Oh, didn't know he had in him actually, because he's always been like pretty cheeky. He's got the tricks and flicks. He also adds in goals and has his physicality and he has that dog in him, but did not know he had that passing range, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a, that was an impressive pass. I mean, diagonal cross field to Serginho Dest to give it to Christian Pulisic, who, by the way, the English media is like, where is this Christian Pulisic? It's like, oh, play him in the position. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> He's not a right wing back? No way. Yunus <laughs> Musa just turned 20 today. I mean, talk about youth. I no mean, kidding. 20 years old. I mean, he's playing very consistently for a decent Valencia side in La Liga. So, I mean, we're used to USA team. Be think back to 2010 or 2014 where we have like Graham Zusi starting and we have Chris Wondolowski off the bench and Ale Bedoya, you know, like these types of Michael Bradley, who was at one point a longtime European player, but I don't think we're going to try to kid ourselves that he's the, he was the quality of Tyler Adams. So I think the quality of the engine room is just so much better than what it yeah. used to be. And it's really driving this team forward. Yeah. I think honestly, what, what I think a lot of, and it's not just American fans who, well, okay. American fans paying close attention to USMNT, which I admit, like Justin, is not even me. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a super close, but outside of the World Cup and tournaments, I don't keep a super close eye on USMNT as a lot of like our American colleagues or even on ESPN. I don't love ESPN's coverage, but they definitely mm-hmm. follow USMNT closely to their credit. Um, but it's not even American fans like me who might not pay as much attention to the team. But even like English media and fans, for example, yeah, don't realize the players, and I'm including myself in this, the teams represented by players on this roster. We're talking Juventus, uh, Barcelona, but the Barca guy is on loan at AC Milan, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Leeds United, I mean, uh, Fulham, there are multiple at Fulham and Leeds United, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Valencia, um, I mean... I'm like missing Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah. Right. Pulsing. Right. No, the, um, I mean, there, there's just talent all up and down this team. And I would say all of them are 24 or younger, which is pretty bonker arsenal. Uh, I've been really impressed with Matt Turner, you know, to go from like D three college, um, walk play on until like, like high school, by the yeah, way, didn't play like, soccer. Yeah. And he, he looks pretty decent with his feet and cool and calm and collected. Like I was getting a little nervous a couple times against England. I think it was, <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah. Oh God, does he really have this in him? But like what I'm getting at is just like, there's a reason these players play on all these massive clubs at a young age, no less. It's great right. to see. We've talked about our midfield a lot. I think another player that I would like to stand out in this section specifically is Tim Ream. A player yes. that is much, you know, maligned by myself, by the way, for a long time until this year and really watching him at Fulham and, you know, USM and T in the summer and whatnot. It's like a different player. He's calm. He knows his positioning super well. He's not the fastest guy out there, but has more pace than you would think he would at this yeah. age and always finds himself in the right spot or making the right turn. I have been so impressed with Tim Reeve as that center back and where we thought going into the tournament, like, oh, who's going to start next to Zimmerman? Is it going to be long? Oh, no, Reem makes sense because of his well, you know, the Wales, a lot of Wales and English players play in the Premier League where he plays. So he has some familiarity there. He's been by far and away our best center back. And so, I, I mean, I've been so impressed with what he's done late into his career. I mean, he was uh, on the periphery and on the edge of even making the team in the first place. Right, like, right. I actually didn't think he was going to get called up. Um, and 
I know I was not alone in that because like I thought Burhalter is just going to be really stubborn as we know mm-hmm. their manager Greg Burhalter can do. Um and he didn't stick to his guns on this one and it's all for the best and I think it said a lot that against Iran uh Walker Zimmerman what the other center back was actually dropped after some iffy performances. Uh he was always the main center back throughout the last many years. And instead who stays like a rock back there is Tim Ream. I've been, even aerially, I, I've been really impressed with him. Sure, the team struggled against uh, that massive Welsh striker for Burnmouth, Kellen Moore, I think it is. But Kiefer like, Moore. He, yeah, Kiefer Moore, not Kellen Moore. He's not NFL Kellen Moore is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he's right. So not Boise State, dude. Um, but like... Premier League defenses struggle with him. So I think he gets a pass there. I really want to shout out real quick. I want to I want to move to the outside backs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jedi Robinson, of Anthony Robinson at left back. Um, I've questioned like the level he can hit. And this is a guy, by the way, I just got to say he is he's definitely English. His father is American, but this guy is belting out the national anthem before every single game. And it's kind of weird to see, but I kind of love it. And Musa is singing it too, who's like all sorts of, you know, uh, international backgrounds. I'm not even sure what his story really is, but I've been so impressed with Anthony Robinson, his pace, uh, his quality is a little bit better than I thought because I know his like touch can be pretty heavy. He has some trampoline technical. touches today, but you know, yeah, he's not the most technical on earth, but like his engine and bombing down that left. I've been 100%. so impressed and we've seen it in the Premier League this season as well. But who I was really impressed with specifically today was Serginho Dest. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who went from Ajax two years ago to Barcelona and now on loan at AC Milan. That's no joke, but he has been completely shot of confidence. Going to Barcelona like killed his confidence. But today it looked like that was fully back. The tricks, the flicks, the technique. I mean, the guy has quality, and we just want to see him have the confidence to show that quality. And um, just the footballing IQ to like ha- place that header back across goal today for pool six goal was just quality and I'm, I'm so happy for him another guy who's an international he's really dutch but has an american parent or something like that um yeah i'm loving yeah him. we saw that really become popular for the u.s is when klinsman was our manager and he was trying to get all the german you know the yeah. german americans that were born on bases or whatnot to come and play children for. of american servicemen right yeah. yeah and so you saw like players like fabian johnson back in the day and i think there were a few others but jermaine jones jermaine jones uh-huh. right um the center yeah. back john brooks right who's been an outcast uh totally for burhalter that's been surprising for a lot of people mm-hmm. Um, it's probably better than Aaron Long, but you know, we can, anyway, it's another yeah. conversation for another day. Yeah. All right. So players, those, I would agree. I mean, obviously they're a play like Pulisic has come in and yeah, obviously done a job. I mean, he put his, himself and his balls and his abdomen on the line <laughs> for the USA today. And sounds like he'll be day to day. You know, we don't know enough right now, still middle of the night in Qatar. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he can at least come on as a sub, but Players that stood out negatively, I mean, our striker situation 
is definitely one to watch. I mean, Josh, let me start by saying this. Josh Sargent did not play badly today. He went there. He did a job. He held up play. I would say, well, honestly, um, had and a, this is a player that you and I are very critical of. Very like critical. Have been for m- many a year. Yep. Uh, I-, I thought he played well today for what his ability is, honestly. I mean, he had that unfortunate, weird, like, tackle, and then, like, mm-hmm. he kind of got off balance and slipped on the ball. That Hopefully he's okay. But mm-hmm. the whole situation is bad. We do not have a poacher up there, so much so that, you know, pundits alike have said, is it better for us to put, like, a Timothy Weya up there? who's, you know, that we haven't even talked about him yet. A young player that plays at a little, so much pace and quality and technical ability. Uh, Can we put him up there and link like a Pulisic and a Reyna or Pulisic and an Aronson type of deal? So our striker situation is definitely one to watch because as good as our defense has been, our offense, even though we're getting into the chances, we're getting into the box, we're not having that poacher in there where we can have that target to aim, Mm -hmm. to aim for. So the striker said Josh Sargent, and this includes Haji Wright, who I've not seen a lot from. I mean, who did he play? England in the first half where he was he was moving around and doing okay, but just not not making a difference in the game. Yeah, he was like a passenger, I felt, you know, and like he's a big physical lad, and like I want to see him use that. And I, I like that he's a target man in theory, but I saw none of that target man like uh, ab- ab- about him in that right. game at least. Yeah. And then today he came on and was just making poor decisions at the end of like that terrible shot when he should have came in, you know, dribbled it to the corner, all these, all sorts of little things that matter going into the tournament. It was thought because he was playing so much that uh, Jesus Ferreira out of FC Dallas would be the U S MNT striker because he was getting some camaraderie with the players like um, Weah and Aronson and Pulisic playing up top. It seemed like in qualifying, they knew how to play together. And he hasn't seen a minute of World Cup action. So that's been a big, honestly, really huge surprising. surprise given because Ferrer was the only striker that was a lock, honestly, to be on this roster yes. when the announcements were made for who was going to make this. Yeah. So I'd say that. And then as far as other players, I mean, Zimmerman, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far to say he's been a huge disappointment. I would say he hasn't been great. Um, yeah. I, thought he, I thought he did a job today in coming and heading some balls. I thought he was, did decently today, but... I'd say our subs, honestly, and this kind of goes into our manager. We'll get to in a second, but some of the subs we've brought on, like Shaq Moore appearing twice, has been a disgrace, utter disgrace. I mean, out of Nashville Soccer Club, another MLS. I mean, we're getting a theme here. I don't want to like uh-huh. shit on MLS the whole time, but like Shaq Moore to come into this game and, as Dempsey said after the game on the Fox coverage, he had more times where he put up his hand and said, my bad, than completed passes. You just can't have that in the high stakes game. Like, why can't you put on a more experienced player like Yedlin, which at least will just clear the ball instead of, I don't know. Yeah, it could really cost us. It really could. Uh, especially, I mean, in in a way, we, we've been a little lucky that England did not show up when we played them. A lot of that is to our credit. And uh, we really dictated the pace of that game. But like, it could, it could very well be different against the Netherlands, and it could cost us. Granted, I mean, we'll get more into that game in a little bit, but yeah, I'm I'm concerned because uh, Serginho Des, kind of like Weston McKinney, it's been dealing with an injury coming in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot to ask either of them to play like, you know, every game's had like at least 10 minutes of 
extra time, which is just, I'm, I'm not a fan of personally. I think it's silly. Um, but we really, I, I think every game we're going to sub in a right back and I'm not going to lie. I wasn't crazy seeing Yedlin because I'm like, really, we still are at Yedlin right now, but for what it's worth, the Seattle hometown boy, we got to give him some love. He has experience in the World Cup. I think he's the only player on this whole roster yes. who was part of that 2014 team. So I think that does mean something. Um, it, it matters for something. So I, I share your concern with that. Just real quick to go back to the striker thing real quick. I just think it's too late to experiment with like putting a Tim way uh, as a striker in a false nine. But mm-hmm. I don't know why Burhalter wasn't experimenting with that, um, at least in the friendlies leading up to this in uh, what October, I think it was. Because to me, I look at Wea's skill set. I, I see a player that could potentially play striker there. I feel like he understands the runs in behind and he's got the footballing IQ and like his finishing. I mean, the goal that was called off today, barely. Oh, by it was, but it, yeah. I mean, the goalkeeper should have done better, but that was a great finish at the outside of his boot. Keep in mind for everyone at home, his dad, <laughs> president of Liberia, but that's not all. He's also a former Ballon d'Or winner, player, uh, best player in the world. I think 1994, uh, this guy was a boss for AC Milan in Milan's heyday. So I mean, he's got he's got the the play in his genetics. Um, but the fact that we have this many good players to talk about, despite the Shaq Moores, for example, like yeah, we haven't even talked about Gio Reyna and the controversy around that. We haven't nope. even talked about Brendan Aronson, who's like one of my favorite American players, easy for mm-hmm. sure. So the state of American of, of American soccer, I, I'm I'm really encouraged by it. Right. I mean, going into the 2026 World Cup, you're going to have a lot of these players that are still around and in their prime. prime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These midfielders. I mean, they're all young. Musa, like I said, just turned 20. He's going to be 24, 23, maybe. He's going to be 23, actually, at the next World Cup. Yeah. I mean, crazy. And then, you know, we have the Slowlina, Slowlina keeper that's going to Chelsea. He's still young. What's he going to look like in four years? Right. Right. I mean, he could be Mm -hmm. really young talent or Turner could be better. Right. Who knows? So, Will Carter Vickers continue to grow into good? Because he's look, he's one of Celtic's main main players. Yeah, and um, I, I a former Tottenham Academy graduate never thought he'd get to this point in the first place. So I'm like, hey, keep going, man, keep going. <laughs> hey, we saw Van Dyke at Celtic once. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, did. I'm not saying, but I'm <laughs> <We> saying. <did. laughs> uh, let's get to our coach, Greg Three Gs, uh, in his name, Greg Burhalter what do we think of the of the coaching of i'm gonna i want to go to i want to hear your thoughts first what do you think of the job he's done on putting the u.s men's national team in a position to advance out of this group well it's weird because uh i mean i wish there was a more straightforward answer but i feel like one how has greg burhalter done this world cup and then two big picture greg burhalter for this World Cup, I actually there are always gripes about Greg Burhalter, especially on Twitter. But of course, Twitter's like the Wild West right now. So I oh know, boy, I, you know, yeah, that's a, that's another podcast for another day. yeah another podcast <laughs> for another day for sure. But 
I've actually been reasonably satisfied with Burhalter with a big fat pinch of salt caveat because I've been reasonably satisfied with Greg Burhalter given my expectations. Big picture, I think Greg Burhalter holds us back big time, big time. I had some a couple issues with the World Cup squad selection. Um, I still can't understand why Gio Reyna isn't playing more, especially in a game like today, big time. I don't understand it whatsoever. I don't have that many complaints about the starting lineup, so you know what I mean? Um, well, there are players I want to see start who are not starting, but I think it's because of the good play of players like Eunice Musa and Tim Weah. So, like, I can't complain that much. But um, one example today, Iran, I think it was totally a game plan to keep it close, second half, go for it. Um, Iran has always been really pragmatic in that way, although I don't know what the hell happened when they got smacked by England. It was such a bizarre game. But their rest, they wrestled back control, and we were really struggling to live with them. And I just think someone with quality and a footballing IQ and good decision-making up near the top end of the pitch could really help us get out and relieve pressure. And that has Gio Reyna's name screaming all over it. Yeah. So I don't understand that. And he brought on, uh, I forget, who did he bring on? It, it Instead of Gio Reyna. Um, when? Uh, this game or? In this game. Uh, he brought on Acosta. He brought on Aronson at halftime. Acosta, yeah. Different yeah, skill set. Berhalter Ber- really likes player. Acosta, as we've seen. Yeah, uh, he's made multiple appearances. Uh, McKinney, I don't think has finished a game. Correct me if I'm wrong. That but I'm pretty sure me. he hasn't finished. Struggling a game. with an injury leading up. Right. Know. Yeah, which we might see again uh, next game. Yeah, I I largely agree. I mean, the starting lineups in itself, uh, I would say are pretty good. I mean, the striker situation is what it is, right? At this point, like you said, I don't think there's probably changing that. Now, which striker plays is probably a better conversation. Um, I liked the decision to drop Zimmerman today. Same. Cameron Carter Vickers. Ballsy decision. Ballsy decision going into a must-win game. So basically a knockout game for the U.S., Cameron Carter Vickers, much better on the ball, a little calmer. Of course, you know, not perfect. Could have come out a little and been a little more decisive, but overall thought his presence was really good. They tried to, Iran tried to say he had a penalty uh, late on, which would have been the most cheesy of cheese. I probably would have lost. Not re- We would not have recorded tonight. Let's just say that. <laughs> sorry, you don't have, you don't have state-run media for once. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That's kind of a low blow. I kind of feel bad about that one. <laughs> gonna ignore that and move on. Um, Gio Reyna is the big, you know, thorn in the side. Just like Gareth Southgate in England has been screamed at by the English media of where is Phil Foden? Gio Reyna is the American version of that. Yes. In England, the game that game was screaming again for Gio Reyna. Linking up, we're starting in about the 70, 75th minute. We're starting to lose a little steam. What is a creative player that can start to link up and provide Aronson fresh sub that could, you know, go in and run behind England's defense? Gio Reyna, right? He doesn't see it till like very late on. Against Wales, Wales, same thing. People are screaming for Gio Reyna to come off the bench earlier. Doesn't come off. Jordan Morris comes off the bench. Nothing is Jordan. I can't. Love Jordan Morris, but like Gio Reyna is a different type of player. 
And so really strange. And then he, I don't know, his reasoning after the game made me kind of like the Wales game, bringing on Jordan Morris again. Like, I don't want to bash the hometown boy, you know, Seattle guy from Mercer Island, but um, Greg Berhalter's reasoning is that Jordan Morris could give us pace and stretch the pitch. And I'm like, that's not what the game called for. Like we were losing any and all control to Wales in that game. And again, like the players with the good decision-making the quality touch who do the right thing at the right moment and are in the right place. Those are the players you need in that moment. So, and then plus you, you still always have pool sick who can run in behind and we saw that. So I, it, it's little things like that, that I think Burhalter big picture holds us back. But that being said, given my very low expectations with Burhalter, I can't be that upset. I guess. And and to your point, the decision to drop Zimmerman today really showed that to me because mm-hmm. Carter Vickers and Tim Ream like have not been a fix- been fixtures in the team like at all throughout at all. qualifying, like at all gold cup qualifying, you name it. So, you know, to me that showed that he was willing to put his like ego to the side a little bit, which is promising to me, but dude still clearly has ego with the Gio Reyna stuff that I just can't understand. Then there's that whole controversy saying in the first game, why he didn't come in? Oh, he has a little knock. He should be available for the England game. And then Gio Reyna would be like, oh, I don't have a knock. I'm really good to go. And then Burrell just like, I didn't say you had a knock. I don't know why. So it's like there's this uh, the weird dynamic there. But as we transition to see what I want to see versus the Netherlands, if that game stalls out like the Iran game did today and the Wales game did, and England to an extent, not as much, I would say, but to an extent did, you better see Giovanni's ass on that pitch. That's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see some creativity. I want to see us dictate or try to dictate our tempo instead of sit back like we did against Iran or Wales. Like I want to see us. We look at the best when we're attacking and we take it to the other team. And I think the Dutch are to be had, to be frank. I mean, yeah. they have some like daily blend on the outside. I mean, I think that's a, a position where we could take advantage of or you know, the Dutch have, you know, Davy Klaassen and obviously Frankie de Young, big talent out of Barcelona, but yep. I still rate our players really high in that midfield mm-hmm. and think they can compete. So I want to see us go for it and not sit back against the Dutch because that's when players like de Young can pick apart a team. Right, right. And and what I would add on to that is I want to see us, okay, barring the Zimmerman foul, the, the penalty that he gave up against Wales, We've been, we've made very good decisions defensively. And that's what I want to keep seeing against the Netherlands because look, Cody Gokpo, young player, I think he's 23. He's one of the like breakout players so far, except for Cody Gokpo, even with Cody, Cody Gokpo, that team's attack does not scare me. In fact, it's like really where the Dutch are lacking. I mean, Gokpo is really st- stood up uh as a player who's like i think manchester united and leeds have been uh yeah rumored with him the most strongly and his price is just, just no it's probably sure. not leeds <laughs> but besides that like yeah no i don't i don't think leeds anymore but besides that their other attacking players are memphis Depay, who oh. has been out of form out of barcelona completely and has been struggling with an injury mm-hmm. steven bergvine of tottenham hotspur fame uh, trust me as a Spurs, I always rated Steven Bergwijn. He doesn't scare me one bit. I'm I'm sorry. 
He doesn't scare me one bit, although he is a good player. And the Netherlands started in the first game of the World Cup. They started Vincent Janssen, who like, who the Mm. hell is that? Exactly. But another former Tottenham Hotspur striker who was so washed that he went to Mexico uh, to play with Monterey and even then was like pretty bang average in in Liga Mekis. So that's the attack we're dealing with. And then a big lump up top, Valt Veghorst. None of those players scare me at all. And we have not really conceded many chances. We have not, we've only conceded one goal. And I think actually where the Dutch are lacking is up top. So sure, I'm not like 100% confident about this defense for the U.S., but I think that bodes well in our favor. And I, I think where the Dutch are really strong, their strongest part of the pitch is where we're strongest in the middle of, uh, in in the midfield, basically. So that gives me hope, but do I see Josh Sargent and co uh, scoring against the team whose center backs are like Van Dyke, DeVry, Jurian Timber, who's going to be one of the up and coming center back talents, Ake for Man City. I mean, they're so stacked in the center back position. It's not even fair. And of all countries, the Dutch to be stacked in the defense, that's not normal. That's why Gio Reyna is such an important player to have on this game because you have Virgil Van, who the Dutch have been starting is Timber, Van Dyke, and Ake. A right. three back line with a Dumfries, who's a really balance. good right wing back, uh, Inter, right? Yeah. Um, and then Daly Blind, who could be had, but you know, very experienced veteran. And so they're going to be a tough team to break down. And so, how are you going to find space in between the lines and runs? That's why Wea and Reyna and Aronson, Pulisic, those types of players are so important in this game. So, agree with everything else you said. It should be a fascinating game Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Pacific time out here. The Dutch are there, man. They're, yeah. they're there. I, I think that is as far as one seeds go as the USR two seed, that is a very good one seed to play. It's I, not I'm, France. That's for no. sure. It's not Spain. It's not Spain. Not Brazil. You know, no. like this is a game that the US can win. I'm not saying they're favorite. But they can win. Absolutely. Inexperienced goalie, too. I mean, no hurt guy. I mean, we've seen him be a little shaky in some of the games. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Ecuador. Now let's transition. Or now, hold on, I forgot. But we saw Ecuador do a, a job against them. So, mm-hmm. anyways, before we move on for Group B, we kind of covered the USA. We are an EPL podcast, so we'd be remiss not to get our overall thoughts on England. Big six-two drubbing against our Iran, nil-nil against the US. We've covered that, and then today three-nil against Wales, who just looked like absolute dog crap in the second half well really the whole game but the second half as well what do we what do we think of this england are you are you what you expected do you think they're underwhelming how do you feel i think they've been uh i've been pretty impressed with them well it's weird because i'm not gonna lie i go into every tournament expecting my perception of england is they are the master chokers the two countries you could talk about, actually, it's funny, are the Dutch and the English. The Dutch maybe had the best team to never win the World Cup. The English, though, yes, they won the World Cup in 66 when it was in England, but like this is the big country that has the history of just absolutely choking, especially on like penalties, for example. Mm. So I always go into a tournament expecting England to have all this talent, 
for their own media to hype them up so much to their detriment and they don't really show up. The only time I've seen England, we've seen England not show up this World Cup, I thought they were terrible against the US. Um, but I actually I I think they've passed with flying colors against both Iran and then Wales today, smacking them three nil. So it's been better actually than I expected. And I don't know. Is that a hot take? How are you feeling about England? It's a hot take for England fans, I would say. I think the if you asked an English fan how they played, they're like, mm, bad. Yeah, they because... they booed. They were booed off against the U.S. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I'm like, who? All right, who the hell do England fans think they are? I'm sorry, like you do not have like the clout to be able to do something like that. Show some respect to the U.S. Come on. And it's interesting because England, you know, they have recent tournament success. Obviously, they went to the semifinals last World Cup in Russia. They had an easy group in that get in that tournament and had a pretty easy path, honestly. I mean, yeah. they played Germany in the round of 16, but that was mm-hmm. not a good German score. Oh, no, they didn't. That was the Euros. Who did they play? I don't remember. But I remember their path being pretty easy. And then right. the Euros last summer made it to the final. Most most of their games were in Wembley. Yep. They had all home games. They had one road game. I think it was like against Ukraine or something. And then they came back and the final at Wembley, which they lost against Italy. I mean, almost every game was at Wembley. And so now they had that comfort. Now they're now they don't. And they're gonna go against some interesting opposition. I think Senegal. It's a tricky matchup. I think England should game. win that for mm-hmm. sure. But Senegal has some players and some talent still. So we'll see. I, I haven't been super impressed. I don't love their manager. I think he's a little too pragmatic. No. He holds them back just like Burhalter holds us back. I mean, maybe even more given the talent level that England has. I mean, right. they have so much attacking talent. Uh, like the young attacking talent is outrageous. Foden and obviously Harry Kane, but they like Sterling Saka. probably plays too much right now. They have Grealish, mm-hmm. they have Saka, they have even Rashford's been Mason on form. Mount. Sancho and didn't even make the team. Connor Gallagher. I mean, they have so many players, right. so many players. And to play the way that they play is a little frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. What I will say, though, is I don't think Harry Kane has had a fantastic tournament. He's been bad. And there's still well, it's weird because um, I thought he was kind of pulling the strings against Iran, but I don't think he's been very good since Uh, he looks really tired. And it's probably my own club's fault because Spurs run his ass into the ground. But um, England have been scoring a lot of goals without Harry Kane being firing on all cylinders. So I, I think that I am of the thinking that that's always a good thing. Um, but the English fans are just like rabid for Phil Foden and mm. um, more intense than any team selection that Burhalter has for the U.S. Um, right. And it's probably because he's one of the top young talents in the world. But I don't I mean, I probably would have similar gripes, but the players that they can start up top. I mean, like Sokka is so impressive to me. You know what I mean? And like, I really rate Grealish. I'm surprised his Man City career hasn't really panned out quite like I thought it would. And there's just so much talent. Marcus Rashford looks like a player reborn this season. You know, I mean, good for him, good for them. So yeah, I'm really intrigued. And they're going up against the Senegal team who's missing their star player with Sadio Mane, which is like a shame for the whole tournament. Um, yeah, England are a weird one. I don't know. They always have this like air of being on a knife edge of like, 
we're good. It's coming home to like English is shit. Southgate is shit. Meh, meh, meh. You know, like the English fans are just, they turn on a dime and they are so negative. I think that'll only hurt them. All right, let's get into some of the other groups quickly, kind of like a mini rapid fire through the rest of the groups. Group A, that finished along with Group B today. We've covered this a little bit, just given the matchups that Group B and Group A have together. So Netherlands at seven, Senegal at six, Ecuador at four, Qatar host country, first host country to never win a game, first host country to lose two, the whole thing, uh, out at zero points. Group A thoughts, I mean, overall, I think it's just poor one out for Ecuador. Honestly, I thought they deserved, or not deserved because they lost, but I thought they had a talented enough team to advance. And I picked them as second in this group going in. Obviously, I'm wrong, but the way they played Netherlands, the way they turned it on against Senegal and then obviously lost it, I thought their game plan going into today was terrible and that they thought they could sit back for nine. That's not what they're made for, but Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a lost opportunity for them. I think they could have done some damage, and they have some young talent. So I think yeah. that's they should be very disappointed. Yeah, I think Ecuador are sneaky good. Um, the guys from Brighton, specifically uh, Moises Caicedo and the wonderfully named Purvis Estupinan at left back. That's tell me that isn't the best name in the game, Purvis Estupinan. Sorry, I just had to say it one more time. Um, yeah, look, this is probably the most boring group. Uh, low. Maybe it's unfair, but maybe lowest on quality. I guess there isn't well, really what, that much stardust sprinkled over it when Sadio Mane is out for the World Cup. And it's well, that's such a shame. That and you have Qatar in the group, right? Like yeah. if you take that out and add a good country, then it's like, oh, we, we're interesting now. But Qatar would just for so everyone knows, like the host country is always in pot A. So like Qatar is basically like in place of whatever superstar you would or superstar team you'd normally pick. Mm-hmm. I think Netherlands are pot B. Senegal's pot C, which I think is harsh on Senegal, but that's kind of how this group came to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I think, you know, Senegal as a result, I think have been pretty disappointing and like surprisingly dull. Like their games have been boring. Uh, The Netherlands, like I also think haven't been very impressive, but we've talked about Cody Gokpo as like one of the three goals um, plays in the Dutch league. He's going to be a hot commodity uh, come January. All right, now let's get into the groups that we have remaining. So all of these teams have only played two games. I think only two teams, maybe one, are out. So a lot of lot of opportunity to still advance for a lot of these teams. So I'll start with Group C, where the current standings are Poland at four points, Argentina at three points, Saudi Arabia three points, and our neighbors to the south, Mexico, on a single point. Kyle, crazy results in this group so far. Yeah. I mean, upset of the tournament of yes. probably of many tournaments. Saudi Arabia on opening day at 2 a.m. Pacific time that I was somehow awake for. Beat <laughs> Argentina 2-1, to one, which you can say were two great goals and probably deservedly so. I mean, you had many offsides in the first half by Argentina and not taking their chances, but... Saudi Arabia stealing three points there was insane. One of like the World Cup score lines that I'll remember for a very long time because I think Saudi Arabia is the third lowest ranked team in this world. They're not even in the top 50. I think they're like 53. at least third lowest. Yeah. 
What? Well, yeah, second. I mean, yeah. Canada are down there. Maybe Tunisia's down there. So Costa Costa Rica, maybe. I don't know. I but, think um, I think they might be second. Anyway, yeah, they're yeah, low. Seriously, uh, that was a shocking result, especially considering the air around Argentina going into this tournament. It's Messi's last tournament. Argentina team that just won the Copa America. They look balanced for once in my life. Like their mm-hmm. center backs look really good. But um, yeah, so that result was shocking. This table looks really, really weird right now because you and I don't really rate Poland, even though they've got Robert Lewandowski up top. Right. Uh, one of, if not the best striker in the world. Um, Argentina, we'll probably talk a little bit more about, but lowly Mexico, man. I, th- this hurts me to say because I'm a dual, like kind of USMNT Mexico fan, but this Mexico team is the most lacking in talent that I have ever seen in my ever. life. That we, ever. Yep. Like they, they're, they're not a good watch. They're dull. They're boring. They don't really have the juice up top, the X factor, the creativity. Their best player by far is a holding center mid who didn't even start against Argentina for some reason because their coaches like self-sabotaging or something so it's a sad state of affairs well the coach is argentine so yeah no, i'm just yeah there you go, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> i'm kidding uh yeah so surprising results poland mexico that was a missed opportunity for mexico of course and then argentina i mean leo messi when he's scoring goals yeah. like that i mean kind of yep. kills any chance that you yeah. have memo ochoa saving robert Lewandowski's penalty though like yeah. mexico are are lucky to still be in the tournament and not already be knocked out put it that way so mexico plays saudi arabia tomorrow and argentina plays poland so top two against bottom two saudi arabia and argentina are even on points but argentina has a superior goal difference what i think will happen who's advancing in this group is the question i think argentina is going to beat poland tomorrow i don't think that's a good matchup for poland i really don't so I think Argentina finishes on six, but I think Poland squeaks through on four, even though they win, mm-hmm. because I don't think Saudi Arabia is going to beat Mexico. They're either going to draw or Mexico could win narrowly just because I don't see Mexico winning big because they have no striker. No, they can't score goal. I mean, they haven't scored a goal in this tournament. Goals have been a problem for Mexico in the past year and a half. Yep. No Chicharito, no goals. No, I mean, but yeah. So I think Argentina won Poland too. Who's a striker that every Mexican fan is clamoring for who wasn't even brought to the World Cup? Santi Jimenez, I think. I think he plays for Feyenoord or something. He's been tearing up the Dutch league. Came from Cruz Azul last year. Mm-hmm. But um, all, all, all I will say, yes, I think Argentina are going to get out of the group. But I have not been impressed with Argentina. No. And this was low-key my pick to win the tournament. Because I'm both of our picks. Yeah, I'm a romantic and I want to see Messi lift the cup, even though I traditionally have hated Argentina. If you're looking for a team who are the masters of the dark arts, <laughs> it's Argentina. The flopping, playing dirty, getting in the ref's face, arguing all that good stuff makes uh, Argentina kind of glorious to watch in its own way. Yeah, we've seen a little bit of the dark arts uh in a few of the games here, but we're going to see a lot over the next three days with, you know tournament stakes on the line and that sort of thing who are your one and two you said Argentina's oh, yeah, yeah. getting out of the group but yeah i think argentina are going to top the group and i think poland will also squeak by um my big pick though is i don't think mexico are going to beat saudi arabia you think it's gonna be a draw it's either gonna be a draw or i think Saudi. well well if saudi yeah, wins then they go i think through. it'll be a draw i think okay 
Yeah. All right. I mean, that's, I think that's way more likely that Saudi Arabia wins than Mexico win or go through, I should say. To the, yeah. Okay. I was like, really? Damn. No, 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 no. I misspoke. But I, I Saudi Arabia winning than shocked. Mexico going through. I would not be that shocked if Saudi Arabia beat Mexico. Though. They I honestly would... didn't play that poorly against Poland. They had a terrible right. mistake at the back for one, but they were piling pressure up for a lot of that game. So, right. All right. Group D, France at six points, clinched the next round already. Uh, Australia at three points, Denmark at one point, Tunisia at one point, Kyle, both of us, and I think the rest of the world had Denmark at, as dark horses. Like, you know, what's a team we've seen that aren't traditional favorites to come through and, you know, cause some havoc. They're at one point. And what's Mm -hmm. really disappointing about Denmark is that opening nil, nil draw against Tunisia that really hurts because Tunisia as far as African sides, though, they don't have a ton of talent on that mm-hmm. team. So that makes a very compelling match tomorrow of Australia versus Denmark, where, yeah, Denmark is better, but Australia only need a draw. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on this group so far? And yeah, let's start there. What are your thoughts on this group so far? Yeah, I mean, I this is a group where I think that the bottom two teams are like very much lacking in quality in Australia. Well, I say bottom two teams and Denmark is on one point. So like that probably makes them bottom two team. But I guess I'm mostly talking about Australia and Tunisia. I just don't think they really have the talent, either of them. I mean, um, even you and I watch a lot of highlights in international soccer and, and mm-hmm. I don't think big names matter per se, but like. I don't know. I, I know like Aaron Moy on Australia and like, that's about it. I'm surprised Tunisia made the tournament over Egypt, over uh, Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, I mean, I forget who to... they beat in the playoff. Oh, Algeria um, isn't in the tournament. I mean, right. all three of those teams have much more talent than Tunisia, um, but they did beat one of the big teams. I can't remember who. But uh, they they beat Tunisia beat Mali to qualify. Mali for... Mali's got talent too. You know what I mean. So um, you know, um, yeah, I've been really really um disappointed with Denmark. I've I've got to say, I think we're starting to see. Uh, I've basically been surprised at how creative Denmark has looked in the last World Cup and the last uh, Euros because that's what they've always lacked. That being mm-hmm. said, though, they have Christian Eriksen, so. I think Denmark are going to go through as as runners up in this group um, pretty handily. But being said, we have to see it, and we haven't we haven't seen it at all. So, no, France have looked easily the best group, and I don't even or the best team, and I don't think they've even gotten out of uh, uh, first gear. Right, and they haven't really had to. To be fair, nope. I mean, they you know Denmark decided to cause a little bit of havoc in this in moments of the second half against France, I would say, where they leveled the match, but then Mbappe came up later and won it for them. I think Denmark definitely the better performance. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Denmark goes through. I just don't think Australia has that much quality, like you alluded to, Aaron Moy being like the player that everyone or most people would recognize, or Matty Ryan, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would say France won, uh, Denmark two. Australia, though, only needs a point. So you can get, talk about dark arts or chippy game. You could see not beautiful soccer in that game for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on. Group E, Spain is at four points. Japan at three points. Costa Rica 
at three points. And what's that at the bottom? Oh, that's Germany at one point. I mean, what a weird, weird group. So we started off in this group with Japan. Not to me, but to most people, shocking Germany for a 2-1 upset, especially given how Germany started that match. Japan did absolutely nothing. And I mean that. I couldn't emphasize that more. Nothing in yeah, the first the stats, 60 minutes. The stats were crazy in this game. Germany, <laughs> for a loss, had, I think it was the third most expected goals ever in a World Cup game uh, to lose <laughs> a match. So, I mean, Japan absolutely stole it, but they played well once they actually brought on subs, but then absolutely crapped the bed against Costa Rica. I mean, losing to Costa Rica after a performance like that against Japan, just shooting yourself, or against Germany, just shooting yourself in the foot. So, and then Spain absolutely demolished Costa Rica. What was that? 7-0 Yeah, it was embarrassing. Like a Southampton was in this tournament. (laughs) And then... Played a very competitive game against Germany. Germany looked a lot better. Spain looked really good. So what we have here of who's advancing or thoughts on the group, I mean, I think Spain looks class is my overall. Mm. I I think they look real, real, real classy. I mean, the center back situation is one I would watch because there's playing Rodri back there with Laporte. So Rodri is not a natural center back. He plays obviously holding mid for Man City if you listen to the podcast. So they have Pau Torres and other center backs. So we'll see because they're playing Busquets at center mid. And I'm wondering if Rodri could play more of a role there with Pedri and mm. I think Bus- I think Busquets is a lock. I probably probably I, I have been so impressed with with Sergio Busquets I in mean, this tournament, honestly. The old old man the old is, vet is classy. About to go to Inter Miami. This this mid okay, so if you like watching a team that plays possession-based football, like this is the best possession team in the tournament. I mean, Busquets, Pedri, and Gavi, they're just like, I mean, I, I would say Germany is probably the second best possession-based team that we've seen in the tournament, even though they haven't been at their best. That's at least my read on it. But this Spain team just possesses the ball like a motherfucker. And I mean, both Pedri and Gavi, just like teenage wonder kids. I know... A uh, good friend of the pod doubts them, and I don't think you can doubt Pedri's quality, man. He is class. He just oozes class. So mm-hmm. I'm not here for the Pedri slander, but I- I'm with you. Spain look probably the best performers of the uh, um, of the World Cup so far. I think this is the group of death. And weirdly enough, I just noticed this yesterday. This is pretty much, side note, this group is like the Axis powers in World War II minus Italy <laughs> pretty much, even though Sp- Spain was technically not one. Technically neutral, right? Spain was, right? Technically, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely part of the fascist movement thing. But another pod for another day. I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, Japan blew their shot, dude. Oh, my God. Losing to Costa. I mean, that was a massive opportunity. I mean, I had had Japan advancing. I think we all did. We both did, right? Like, we had Japan advancing in the second. We both were on Germany as a disappointment. And we're right. But Germany could still get through because they play Costa Rica. Yeah, and I think they will. I actually wouldn't be shocked if if like Japan really show up and play well in like for example tie Spain, but uh, I think Germany are going to pump Costa Rica, and I think the goal differential alone will. So in that situation, they'll both be on four points, and I think Germany goes through. I think Ger- this German team has some problems. I think in terms of lineup, 
I, I mean, this isn't saying much because Germany's team is always so stacked with talent. Mm-hmm. This is probably the weakest German lineup I've seen at a World Cup in my lifetime. I, I actually, maybe in the late 90s, they also were pretty much lacking, but still great players in there. But like, might I remind you, this German team is always like dripping with quality. Every World Cup, they're always like the tournament team. They're just always such a machine. And I feel like this team has some issues. Yeah, and issues up Striker. top. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, jinx. Uh, what what too I many think... Dortmund defenders too. Sorry. <laughs> I'm tr- true. I mean, what do I always say about <laughs> Dortmund? Here's what I think will happen. I don't think Thomas Muller was it against Spain. I think they're going to try to go for a more out and out striker. They're going to start full crew because that Werder Bremen banging in the goals. He scored the goal. Good goal. Nice. Uh, Spain, I think, shot themselves in the foot in that game, not to go off too much of a tangent, but they took off Jordi Alba and brought in Keita Balde, a Barcelona young player, and mm-hmm. they scored off that throw-in, and Balde wasn't really in position yet. And so he yeah. like tried to get back and t- touch goal. Yeah. So I kind of thought... I, thought I mean, Spain... I like the young player. Uh, Balde looks good, but yeah, is, you're right. But I think they kind of... T- I think they shot themselves in the foot. Another side note, Jamal Musiala, Bayern Munich player. <laughs> Dude. Talk about dripping in quality. This kid is class. He's going to be really good for a long time. So, Justin, I haven't really, admittedly, I haven't, well, I don't watch that much Bundesliga. I got to right. admit, uh, I've seen him in the Champions League a little bit, but I admittedly have not seen that much of Jamal Musiala. And, dude, I am so impressed. English fans have to be kicking themselves because he's probably <laughs> more English than he is German. He's like a dual national. And there's right. a battle over him, but like, uh-huh. Dude, he just glides across the pitch. Classy. Yep. He's really, really good. So uh, who's advancing? I'm going to have Spain one and reluctantly Germany number two. Yeah, that's where I'm at. We are not going to see. I mean, we're, we picked almost chalk this entire time. We're not going to see that, by the way. Not all these groups are going to be chalk or like best rated teams are going to go through. We could. See, I would not be shocked if Japan get a draw and Germany don't get the goal difference or something. That's what I'm saying. Costa, Costa Rica battens down the hatches and like Germany don't score. Like these are all possibilities. Costa Rica's on three. They're technically mm-hmm. in a better position than Germany. That's how wild this is. Yeah, I mean Japan are a good team. I mean, I, I this is this was one of the toughest groups for sure. Um, the next group we're going to talk about is also one of the toughest groups, but. I, <sighs> This is going to be this is going to be a really close one between Japan and Germany. I probably do back Germany to nick it. Right. But my prediction, I actually think Spain and Japan. I have a weird feeling like they're going to tie, and the pressure is going to be on Germany to pump Costa Rica. But I'd I'd back them to to do that. I could see like um, what's his name, Gnabry going off or something. You know yeah, I mean? and they still have Leroy Zane and all sorts of fun. Germany has yeah. going to they have so many players. Yeah. All right, Group F. Croatia, four points. Morocco, four points. Belgium, three points. And our neighbors to the north eliminated already Canada, not because of a lack of effort. Zero points. Thoughts so far on this group? Canada, I mean, they came out swinging against Belgium. And I think a lot of people around the world were shocked at how Belgium were playing, how good Canada looked, first of all, and how poor Belgium looked after. And so... Some stories started to come up after a Kevin De Bruyne interview that he gave before the tournament, how he said Belgium is too old and we have zero chance of winning the World Cup this year. To Eden Hazard, trying to the captain, trying to say, oh, no, you know, we're good. You know, maybe not as good as 2018, but we got this. We're going to do our best, all these things. 
the vibes in Belgium camp aren't good. And they're at three points after getting, after losing to Morocco 2-0, 2-0 on goal difference. So they have to go and get a good result against Croatia, probably a win. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this Belgian team, This, which is a shock. They're a semifinalist from the last World Cup, the golden generation. As you remember, maybe in the 2014 World Cup, they played the U.S. and Tim Howard had to made 3,000 saves against them. This is not the same team. No, it is not. It is not. Um, I know. I, I feel like you and I, we, we had some pretty similar picks when it came to like disappointments of the tournament. The two we definitely agreed on were Germany and Belgium. Mm-hmm. The, the team that I feel really, well, I don't like to see them struggle per se, but like, I feel really good about my Belgian pick because wow, I like they, I predicted they, we both thought they'd be over the hill going into this tournament, but like, I did not think they'd look like this over mm-hmm. the hill. I mean, mm-hmm. I would not start Eden Hazard. Like, I feel strongly about this. The dude is completely washed up and it hurts me to say, cause he was so electric, You're like so even good. just in the last world cup and it's, just going to Real Madrid has like ruined his career. I mean, KDB look oozes quality, but he has looked really off it. I couldn't believe he won man of the match in the game against Canada. He said he didn't couldn't believe it. He, I, I, I think in our group chat we mentioned how off his passing was, for example. So this Belgium side, I think, is it's just look. It's not a big country. Belgium is not a country that's known to produce a ton of talent. They've had this golden generation, but unfortunately, I feel like this the 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 boat has sailed for this Belgium team. What I will say though is this group is sneaky good. Um, I think Canada are lucky to be on zero points, but most importantly, Morocco mm. has a lot of talent. We we know of Croatia's talent. We know that they're also kind of over the hill with like Modric, yep. Perisic, Brozovic, all the itches, you know. Um, very good players all over 30 but this morocco team has a lot of talent man with with hakim ziak outright uh yusuf and nasiri um that's sevilla's striker i think mm-hmm. buffal the left winger played in the premier league for a long time and now yep. is at like in france uh defensively they have the guy west ham spent a lot of money on who's been injured leading up to the world cup uh Aguard, i think yep uh, Roman Saiz of Wolves, Wolves fame, you know, is there. I mean, they've got some good players, man. Um, did you say so Amrabat? I did not say Amrabat, but that's but an interesting one because, like, this is the player that I was absolutely baffled that Spurs were linked with in the summer. I didn't understand it, but I've been really impressed with him. So he's been like, really good. I mean, he's like a deep in... line kind of playmaker kind of role. Yeah. You know, quarterback. He's played really well in this World Cup and very highly rated out of Fiorentina and Serie A, Italy. So look for, you know, you have a few players every World Cup that's like, oh, they look really good. I imagine Ecuador is going to have a few of those young players that teams are going to want. Yep. Cody Gakpo, obviously. This guy, Sofian Amrabat, watch -hmm. for this player to go to a bigger club. Yeah, agreed uh as far as advancing this is a really tough one because you can never put it past belgium just like a veteran savvy lukaku came on at the very end of the match against morocco he was always rumored to not be able to play until the knockouts i wonder how much he's going to play a factor because beach batuayi uh-huh. obviously is no lukaku uh so we'll see about that we'll see what belgium does but who plays who who are the Cro- games left croatia plays belgium 
big mm-hmm. match. Morocco plays Canada. So I think Morocco is going through. I think Croatia and Morocco are going through. I think ah. Belgium are going to crash out. One big team always gets grouped, as they say, which means they go out in the group stage. You saw Portugal in 2014 in the USA right. group get grouped. Uh, Germany got grouped last World Cup. I think it could be Belgium's turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's where I see this headed, honestly. I mean, like, look, we got to get one spicy pick in. And, like, I mean, Belgium are definitely capable of anything. But I just Morocco's quality so far, like, I... Mm, you know, and I didn't rate Croatia as highly as most people going into this tournament, but that Canada Canadian coach really motivated them saying we're going to beat yes, the fuck out of, out of Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> quote. That's a quote. Um, I think Croatia have enough to get by Belgium though. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely are relying on some aging players. I mean, the, I mean, we all know Luka Modric, but Look, even as a Spurs fan, watching a Spurs player doing this, I was surprised to see how good Ivan Perisic was against Canada. He just shredded them. And um, former Leicester striker Kramaric is knocking in the goals, but I don't know how good he can be. Uh, tell you what, though, Joseph, Joseph or whatever, Guardiol. Guardiol, yeah. He is a monster. Talk about players that are going to go to the next yes. level. He is one. What is he he 20, was a hot, hot commodity last summer. Uh, Chelsea and Tottenham primarily, really, and Man City. We're talking, I think I was hearing like 80 million pounds thrown mm-hmm. around. So yep. there you go. As far as one and two, it's really tough because Morocco plays Canada, who has nothing to play for. But I think Canada will give them a good game, honestly. So I could see Morocco not winning by much or getting a draw in this game. So I'm going to have Croatia one and Morocco two. I'm going to have Morocco one, Croatia two. Oh, I love it. I love Morocco one. Yep. All right, Group G, Brazil already has it wrapped up and done thanks to Richarlison and Casemiro. Switzerland at three points, Cameroon at one point, and Serbia at one point. It's been an interesting group. I think of fascinating, non-boring games. I mean, we saw Brazil and Serbia, Richarlison come alive in the second half with that that scissor kick goal of the tournament so far, in my opinion. And then obviously Casemiro the other day. I mean, that was another great goal uh, to the top right, netting. Switzerland team that knocked off France in the Euros last summer has a lot of quality as the Granite Jacques. I think Mbolo does a really good job in international yep. play for Switzerland. Yes. Um, you have uh, a Kanji who looks very comfortable and in form with City right now. So you have some players on Switzerland, Cameroon, and that Serbia the game. That was crazy the other day. Uh, 3-3, that uh, Bubakar chip over the keeper oh, oh. <laughs> second best goal of the tournament in my opinion the saudi arabia goal is great but like i love the audacity of oh yeah. man the, you know the, so just the, the confidence you have to have to pull that off too um and then serbia has a lot of attacking quality the malinkovic savage who's been highly rated at a lazio for seems like forever i don't yep. think he's young anymore i think he's like 27 yeah, um like that but you have Mitrovic, you have uh, Vlahovic, who's at Juventus, uh, who mm-hmm. hasn't has hardly played. So I think Serbia plays Switzerland in a couple of days. I think that's going to be a cracking match. With Serbia also, knowing they need to win, I think that's going to be a great game. Also, some of the like background on this, this 
Serbia and Switzerland is always a heated match because very randomly, actually, maybe it's not so random, but so many of the Swiss players are of Albanian and Kosovar background. If you know anything about Serbia and Albania, they, I mean, Serbians, another conversation for another pod, but Serbians love their genocide. That's all I'm going to say historically. Um, and I know the last time these two played, uh, what was it? Jared and Shakiri. Wasn't it the 2018 World Cup? I think it was. Jaren Sakiri of Albanian descent pulls out the Albanian Eagle goal celebration and the Serbians lost their shit. So this like there is some serious political tension between these two teams and it makes this uh, very fascinating and kind of like a little scary, honestly. I think Granit Xhaka is part Albanian too and we know he is not afraid to get in your face. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So The Serbians are not afraid to get in your face either. I I think that's going to be... That is not going to be a boring match to watch. I will say that. There's going to be blood and guts uh, on display in that game for sure. Cameroon, unfortunately, they're on one point as well, but they have to play Brazil. And even if Brazil rotates all 11 of their squad, they still are superior because Brazil by far, I think is the deepest team (laughs) in this tournament. I don't know. They might not have the best starting 11. They are by far are the deepest team. Kyle, I'm going to go Brazil one, Serbia two. I'm going to keep my initial prediction. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a tough game against Switzerland, but I just, I, I don't know. I think I Serbia have another gear. They That's were a 3-1 up against mm-hmm. Cameroon. I, I think they can turn it on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Serbia-Switzerland game is fascinating. Um, you know, t- typically I would back Switzerland because they're the more pragmatic team. They are. They're more solid, but Serbia's got the talent. And I am I actually, I agree with you. I think Serbia do have another gear to hit. I expected them to be better in this tournament so far, but um, they're going to be well up for this game. But that being said, the Swiss are definitely going to show up. So the Swiss are there. Oh, um, yeah. For this as- game, they don't need any motivation outside. Of- yeah. I-, I agree with you, though. I think Serbia are going to get one over on this one. Last group, Group H. We've seen all the Cristiano Ronaldo storylines. Tip the ball, hit his hair. Uh, <laughs> um, but Portugal um, eking it out in a couple games, uh, but are through on six points. We have Portugal six, Ghana at three points. Mm-hmm. South Korea one point. Last in the group, Uruguay at one point. My second dark horse. Man, dark horse has gone dark. This has been a disappointment from Uruguay, especially that South Korea, they just didn't show up. Portugal, for a large portion of the match, they weren't there. And then they turned it on. Uh, I mean, Betancourt almost had a worldie. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dribbling through the entire team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uruguay has been the story for me. Super disappointing. I thought they would give Portugal more of a run. I thought they would have swept i don't rate south korea the south korean side obviously they have some talent but as far as like a collective i don't rate them super high but what do you make of this group kyle what do you where do what stood out to you besides uruguay's just lack of it's quality yeah it's a fascinating one and one of those going one of those groups going in the tournament kind of like the last two groups we've talked about where it's just like top to bottom this group is pretty decent. Like we got it. I mean, I also don't really rate Korea this time around, which also makes me sad. I like watching Korea every time. Always have really cool jerseys. Their fan base is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I love Sun is probably my favorite player right now for very obvious Tottenham reasons. Um, 
for me, I've also been disappointed by Uruguay, but I think most teams have kind of a pass for one uh, poor performance in the group stage. And for them, that was against uh, South Korea. I mean, I'm not shocked that they lost to Portugal. I thought Portugal were actually pretty good in the game against Uruguay. I actually think the story has been Ghana, in my opinion, mm. because all games involving Ghana have been fucking bonkers. Crazy. <laughs> all of them. Um, they lack any and all control in games. Uh, I actually they've been dominating possession in both games, have looked dead and buried, and have just somehow, some way found something every time. And Mohamed Kudus from Ajax, mm. who can play literally anywhere across the front, is a player that I've been really impressed with, and I like desperately want Tottenham to sign selfishly. But this isn't a Tottenham podcast or Premier League podcast anymore. Um. However, I expect Uruguay to show up against Ghana. It's going to be a fascinating game, but I, I expect uh, Uruguay to get four points on the board, Portugal to win out. You know, the team looks like it's really rallying around Cristiano Ronaldo, which is interesting. Even like Bruno, for example, all a lot has been made of like a cold handshake between them. And that's some. I think that's a bunch, a bunch of, of BS. They're not going to do that when the cameras are. I mean, they're smart enough. They're not. Yeah. This this Portugal team really rallies around Cristiano, and sure he has some really selfish tendencies about him. I know I'm really critical of him, but like the Portugal squad does not see it this way. Um, and I, I think a lot of people think Portugal's manager holds him back, really defensive. I actually think in this case, they've got so much attacking talent, but I think this team could use a little reeling in sometimes, and I think it does them good things. Uh, for me. Portugal are going to win out first in the group. I'm actually going to back Uruguay to get that win against Ghana to finish second. I predict more chaos in this group. I think Portugal is going to rest a lot of players. Bernardo mm. Silva, take a seat. Bruno Fernandes, take a seat. Mm. Jao mm. Cancelo, take a seat. I think, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of rotation. So, number one, I, I would not be surprised if South Korea go crazy and get a win. Yeah, they can pull off someone like Rafael Leao off the bench, which I'm just like, God. Well, that's, that's just, I can't believe. I got it's crazy that he's not starting, but you know, it's not. Talk a about a player who could like go off, and I mean, he's been talked about for a while now, but he'll he'll be big bucks. I mean, Chelsea, I've seen, but Chelsea just bought Christopher and Cuckoo apparently. Right. So anyway, that's uh, another team. I, I think next summer is the season, probably the year we see Leao transfer in the summer. Um, Great player. I'm still going to say Portugal number one. They're on six. So I, I could see South Korea winning that game. I'm going to say Ghana number two. I think Ooh. Uruguay is going to, I think Ghana and Uruguay are going to get into a little bit of a fist fight here. And I think, I think Ghana's going to score. So mm-hmm. I don't know that Uruguay is going to score too. Yeah. That's one thing about uh, Uruguay and this like, I mean, they always have all this striker talent. I mean, Cavani, Suarez, Darwin Nunez. I mean, they had like uh, Diego Forlan in the past, but um, Uruguay are not an attacking footballing culture. Like of all the South American teams, they are the ones who love to fight dirty to the death. Like they are fighters. So that's just kind of like in their ethos and, footballing dna unlike any other south american team probably just because they've been so small um but i think they have a gear that they haven't hit yet i mean valverde and benzacor in the middle i mean that is just classy quality it's quality and Mm -hmm. they have no business and i i picked them to go the last 16 they have no business going out right here but 
I just, I don't know. I think no, I'm with you. I think that against Ghana, it's going to be really tough. Ghana's, I mean, they have players. Mm-hmm. The IUs have been around forever. Yeah. yeah. And I will say Ghana has had, in my opinion, one of the best fan bases at the World Cup. They Their fans are wild. It's going to be and, a very pro Ghana crowd in that. Yes, it is. In that last game. All right, well, we have our last 16, so I think it's up to us now to go through and because the last 16 is Saturday through Tuesday. So we're just going to give quick picks Crazy. on who's winning these last 16 matches. So essentially how it works is if you finish uh, first in Group A, you finish, you play the second in Group B, first in Group C, second in Group D, vice versa, the whole thing. So uh, in in order of matches, the first knockout match is Netherlands versus the United States of America. Mm-hmm. 7 a.m. Saturday morning. That's a winnable game, man. It's a winnable. Ah, I can't pick against. I'm going to USA. I can't pick against them. <laughs> USA. I, right. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't been super impressed with Netherlands. They've obviously no, got the job done, but I'm not, like you said, I'm not scared. Um, yeah. England Senegal. I think the I think the three lions get it done. I, I'm not super impressed with England, but I just don't think Senegal have the the cutting edge needed to get past England. So I'm gonna say England win that one. Uh so the next matchups uh that are all predicted now, these are not confirmed, but I'm gonna go because Argentina I have winning that group, they would play Denmark, who I have second, I think. Norm going into this tournament, I would have said this is going to be an amazing matchup. But just given that I haven't quite seen it from Den, I think Argentina are going to get mm-hmm. by Denmark in this match. Uh, France versus Poland. I, I predicted France to be not as not a, like a slight disappointment. I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to roll past Poland. This could be like mm-hmm. a four-one scenario. Uh, Spain versus Morocco. For me, I have Morocco finishing second. So. Kyle has something different, so we'll get to his picks in a second. Uh, I'm gonna have Spain comfortably getting past Morocco two three nil. Croatia Germany, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do here. Two semi disappointments I had going into the tournament. I think this goes to penalties. I don't know. <laughs> Flip a coin. Uh, we'll go Germany. Brazil Ghana Brazil easy and then portugal serbia in my bracket i have serbia winning this game Ooh. i'm gonna go portugal i i don't i don't i i don't i'm not as impressed as serbia as i thought i would be so i'm gonna go portugal uh and now mm-hmm. either way i i'm right either way so yeah yeah there you go win-win what about you kyle i know you have sl- you have some similar mm-hmm. matchups and some different but take us yeah. through it it's going to be challenged. So a uh, real challenge. So I'll try my best to keep it straight. Netherlands, USA. Look, I, I, I will bring the level head here. And oh. I think, look, the Dutch are definitely a winnable game. And I think I do give them about the U S about a third chance to beat them. Yep. I, I unfortunately think it might be a little bit too much for not too much, but I think it'll be a step too far for this. Like, admittedly very young american team i know it's mm-hmm. really lame uh honestly stick me on the pitchfork if it i would love to be proven wrong yeah i would love too. to be proven wrong um england senegal i 
I don't know, England just always has the propensity to like just absolutely bomb. But I do think they get through this one. I think it's a really unfortunate Senegal doesn't have Sadio Mane. So I think that hurts them. England go through. Let's see, 1C versus 2D. I believe that is Argentina. I think you have Argentina, Denmark. Denmark. As well. Argentina yeah. makes me sad to say. I don't think Denmark will. Well, no, Denmark are difficult to beat, but Argentina, I'm going to stick by my prediction that they're going to win. Uh, on the other side, France's group winners are Group D against Poland. I think, also think. Um, I could see France winning that comfortably without even being really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, France, they've got all these injuries, but I'm telling you, man, Mbappe on one side and Ousmane Dembele on the other side, that's pretty scary. It's very I, scary. That's <laughs> like, that makes, like, if the U.S. were to play France, I'd kind of like shit my pants a little bit. Well, we win until the final, so there you right. go. There you go. Um Group E winners against second and F. Okay, sorry, I got to pull up my notes. I think you here. have Spain and Croatia in this match. Yeah, Spain and yeah, I do have Croatia's runners up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think this could be a tricky game, but Spain, Spain got that covered, I think. Um, uh, 1F, 2E. Sorry, bear with me here, y'all. Mm-hmm. I've got Morocco against uh germany is my runners up oof you know what i'm gonna ride the morocco train baby like let's let's get it let's get it morocco i think because i think germany are like teetering on an upset um i just think they've got issues up top and defensively and Mm -hmm. no matter how good they are in possession and in the middle of the pitch wow morocco going to the quarterfinals we love to see it I mean, dude, come on. Sweden has gone to Sweden's gone to the quarterfinals before with an yeah. even worse team. So crazier things have happened. Uh 1G, I believe that's Brazil. Is that right? Yep. Um playing uh 2H, which would be Uruguay in my bracket. Brazil and Uruguay. Oh yeah, these teams know each other very well. But uh Brazil. Brazil's got that covered. Uh, I'm gonna I mean, but that could be a dog fight. And Good. then uh, the last group game we've got Portugal against Serbia. Uh, I think Portugal roll that one. Um, I do. So, uh, got a lot of the big hitters, but Morocco is in there. Morocco, I love it. Uh-huh. I love it. So you have Morocco, and I have the U.S. of A. That's right. That's right. Yep. So I don't know. It lot. It's gonna happen so fast. The fact that the round of sixteen knockouts was over in like four days is just kind of bonkers. So what? It'd be like two games per day. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So nice. uh, on Saturday is the Netherlands U.S. and one C versus two D. So that that would be our Argentina Denmark game. That would be on Saturday. Yeah. Which will only be like two days of full rest, by the way. And then wow. um, for each team. And then Sunday is England, Senegal, and then that would be our France, Poland, and then Monday, Tuesday mm-hmm. would be those other matches. And then the net the game after that is not till Friday. So yeah. there's no games next Wednesday and Thursday for the first time. I think the whole tournament yeah. there would be no games. So what I really don't want to see is I don't want to see, I would predict that the injuries will start piling up. And I don't want to see that. It's just the condensed schedule on condensed schedule is just that's like probably my biggest fear about all these. Um, let's hope that doesn't happen. All right, Kyle. Well, it's a good podcast. Fun talking about the change up from what we normally do on this pod. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how long we said we were going to go, but we exceeded it. Yeah, yeah. I think we're aiming for under an hour, but um, I'm <laughs> glad that we went like 20 over because this this stuff is fun to talk about. This only happens like once every four years. And I know right. it's a little bit made a little bit better with Copa America and the Euros, like um, like you know, two years. Well, it's also every four years, but there's like it's kind of like in the middle of that break. So like every two years we get a major tournament. I mean, Gold Cup is kind of like whatever, but yeah. USA, Mexico is always fun, but beyond that, it's like, eh. Yeah, if Canada can be good, then yeah, at least we'll have true. three. But All right, Kyle, well, that's it. Exciting matches tomorrow. Argentina, Poland, Mexico, Saudi Arabia, Denmark, Australia. It rolls on. Thank you for tuning in to the World Cup podcast with us. As always, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Make sure you leave us a review, the whole nine yards be back with us next, hopefully next week. Not going to promise, but hopefully next week where we can preview the quarterfinals and the semifinals. For Kyle, I'm Justin. We will see you next time.